G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Women's Baseball, The Inside Pitch. For this episode, I'm heading back to Europe and this time to the Netherlands, where I interview five-time World Cup representative Luce Alsmus. Luce shares with me her journey through the sport of baseball and then to softball and then back to baseball again. She takes us to that very first day of the first ever Netherlands women's baseball team training session, how she found out she was first selected in the inaugural team. And then she takes us on her journey of a 10 year international career, which has included five World Cups, the first ever European women's baseball championships and a quick sneaky trip down under. One of the nicest people you will ever meet either on or off a baseball field. I really hope you enjoy this interview with Luz Alsmus of the Netherlands. Okay, here we are for another episode of Women's Baseball, The Inside Pitch. Uh, today, I'm heading all the way across to Europe again, and this time to the Netherlands. I am joined by Luz Alsmus. Luz, thanks very much for, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, very good to be here. Now, I've just said, I've, I've given it away, I've given the spoiler, but you're, you're from the Netherlands. Uh, whereabouts exactly are you right now? I'm in uh, Rotterdam, Rotterdam, how you would say it. <laughs> it's uh, um, like the second uh, biggest city of, uh, of the Netherlands. And this is where I was uh, born and raised and uh, still living there, yeah. About midday in the Netherlands today. Um, have you had baseball on your day? And if you haven't, are you going to make sure you get some in today? Well, not baseball today. For me, it's a softball day today. Uh, I play both in the competition. Uh, uh, so for me, it's a softball match at the end of the day today. Ah, okay. And, and what's uh, tell me about that game. Is it what league is that? And um, are you pitching? No, no. In softball, I'm definitely not a pitcher. Uh, I play third base at softball. Um, it's uh, yeah, let's say mid-range uh, league uh, across the Netherlands, and it's uh, with a lot of uh, younger girls than uh, than me. It's at the club that I play baseball at as well. I'll go back to where it all started. First of all, I guess was it baseball or softball that you started in, and and uh, which which one was it? Well, yeah, obviously, as you're a child, you, the softball is quite big, so everybody starts uh, with baseball over here. Um, actually, I was able to throw a ball before I could walk. My dad plays as well, so I was uh, a bit influenced uh, by the genes. Um, but at the age of seven, I actually started playing uh, with the children uh, in, in the club. Yeah. What, um, what was it about it that you loved? Um, well... Yeah, you grew up with it and I, my father always took me to his games and I, I loved watching the game. I remember going there and other children would be there and they would be like, oh, we should play hide and seek or we should play other sorts of stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm going to watch the game. I'm here for the game. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? So I, I always loved it. And uh, um, for now, yeah, as a child, obviously, it's, it's not about tactics or it's not about uh, technique. It's about having fun with the other players and that was uh, facilitated very well at the club that I started at. Fantastic. And what's the name of the club um, that you started at? Sparta Feyenoord. <laughs> uh, it's, um, it used to be back in the day before I started playing that uh, the soccer clubs and the, had a baseball department as well because the seasons are um, yeah, off each other. So a lot of soccer players used to play baseball in the off-season. Uh, so there are still, still two soccer clubs in Rotterdam that are called Sparta and one is called Feyenoord and this was a mashup of their two baseball uh, uh, parts. Uh, for now I have to say that they uh, don't exist anymore so that's a bit of a shame to see. Um, I started, the club that I started is, is gone, yeah. It's a, it's a shame basically. 
yeah, baseball is getting smaller and smaller in Holland, and it's uh, it's a shame to see clubs go. Yeah. So it's it's actually getting smaller. You're not uh, attracting more players. Is that is that happening in the both the men's and the women's? Yeah, correct. Well, I think the softball is not too bad, the women's softball. Um, but the, the baseball is getting smaller and it's also because, you know, it's not on television. It's not very popular here. Um, so people don't see it. You actually have to go to a club to understand what it is. And as I said, if you, I got taught in my family, so you know what it is about. And when you're a child and you don't know what it's about, it's, I can understand it's quite a confusing game. <laughs> It is. It actually still. I've I've been playing it for thirty something years, and I still sometimes look at it and I go, "Oh my goodness, this game is so hard. How do we get kids to play? It's so, so confusing." Um, and, and you talk about that softball, and I understand that you you played baseball for a few years, and then you switched um, when you were twelve to go to softball. There was just no options. Yeah, it's it's assumed you go to softball, so it's not even in your mind that it, it is quite an option to stay at baseball. Yeah, you can, but you stay with the boys. And it's still like that because there's no no women's softball or women's baseball league in in the Netherlands. Uh, when I play baseball at my club, I play with guys, and I'm almost the only one. There's another two or three girls in the league that play with men, and that's it. So it's um, yeah, it's difficult. So do you think that's a one of the challenges or one of the reasons that you're not increasing women's baseball because there's there's not that female women's girls leagues available yeah yeah and that's definitely something that we're focusing on uh, with the women's baseball uh, department that we have but yeah to get a league started across the netherlands it's quite hard because if you get one or two or three teams uh, within the country you would have to travel hours and hours to reach a club to play a match and that's yeah for, for young girls, uh, the parents have to drive them or the parents have to bring them and not all, all parents are in a position to be able to do that. So it's it's hard to start up an own league. Um, and I have to say the boys baseball get good good trainers usually, usually if you play at a, a good level. So the girls do get trained well. You see a lot of young girls now that stay with the boys and, and play baseball and they are actually of a, quite a good level uh, when we see at the age of 12 or 15 now. So we just have to wait a few years for them to uh, to join us. You came back to baseball uh, when you were about 18 or 19, I understand. What was the reason you came back? What what drew you back? Well, I've always had a love for pitching. And uh, I tried when I, I went to softball to take that there. But that's just a whole other sport uh, to, to pitch in a softball uh, way. So that, that wasn't for me. And then when I saw the, the pamphlet of uh, people trying to set up a women's baseball team, uh, at first just to have practice together, and later on we joined the men competition as a complete female team, um, yeah, I had to join. And it was uh, the trainings were held at the club that I started at, so that was uh, really nice. And the, the person set it up, Percy, Percy Senia and uh, Yvette at the time, uh, Percy was quite a, a well-known player. So I would definitely want to learn from him at that uh, point, yeah. Well, they are the reason that the Netherlands women's baseball team program exists. The Netherlands women's teams, I guess, was just started by them as trying to get a group of girls together. Was the initial plan to produce a, nas- a national team or was it just purely to get a group of girls to train and play together? Well, I think it started with uh, a group of girls to, to get together and enjoy the baseball uh, together. Um, obviously, Percy is a very driven uh, uh, player as well, so there, there's a lot of competition in him. 
And Yvette, she, she set this up because as a little girl, she, she wanted to play baseball, but there were no options because you had to go to softball and she didn't want to do that. So there are quite some uh, driven people to set it up. And then Yvette obviously uh, was very good in, in connecting to uh, the World uh, uh, Society, World Baseball Society, and, and trying to set a, a lot of things for, up for us, yeah. And what was the, I guess, the moment you found out that it was going to be a national team and you were, you were selected for the Netherlands and you were going off to a World Cup? Tell me about that moment. Yeah, it was quite bizarre, actually, because uh, it was at the end of the uh, summer. Uh, so the, our competition was about to stop and I had just had surgery on my foot because uh, I thought it's the end of the, the competition, now is the time to do it, and then next year I can you know, slowly recover and get better, be, back into the sport. And then they were like, yeah, we're going to Venezuela. I'm in plaster. What do you, <laughs> what do you mean we're going to Venezuela? So uh, yeah, we had a year to, uh, to prepare, and it was just a, a quiet start for me. And then uh, train our ass off uh, from March onwards. What did you guys think going in, there was there was a few obviously ten years of women's baseball and three World Cups before that. Um, what were your goals going into that World Cup, and what did you know about the other teams and and international women's baseball? Yeah, we we had no idea about what to expect. The only thing what we was were trying to achieve was get some experience in how a tournament like that works and what it looks like and what we can expect for the next one, so we can train for that. So we had absolutely no expectations of winning anything going into that World Cup. Um, and obviously we knew that the, the, uh, America and Japan, they were very good. Um, you could, you could, yeah, you can never compete with that. You know, it's, for us, it's a, it's a hobby and uh, everybody has to work or study full time. And next to that, you, you play baseball because you love it. And it's a, it's a whole other level to, uh, to look up to, definitely. And you, you were pretty young. Were you still a teenager or had you turned 20 when you went to that World Cup? I've just turned 20, yeah, because we went in, I would say, August and my birthday is in June, so I turned 20 uh, before, the, before the Cup, yeah. Well, a pretty nice birthday present to be on the first ever uh, Netherlands women's baseball team to contest a World Cup and... Um, you you faced the, the hosts Venezuela in the first game, which was a was a tough ask, and 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 everyone remembers Venezuela went on a tear that World Cup. They were undefeated until the semi final, um, which Australia uh, ended their run for a medal. So it was interesting. Um, you went down to Venezuela, but tell me about that first game, like uh, the crowd, the moment, the everything. What was that like? What a shit storm. <laughs> it was so bizarre. <laughs> wow. You know, it, here it is. Um, you're happy when some of the family members of the team come and watch. Uh, in Netherlands, if, if somebody doesn't know about baseball or is not playing baseball themselves, even if they are, they probably don't even know we exist as a team. So we, we don't have a lot of people watching the games or coming up to, to cheer for us. And we, first of all, the game was postponed for quite some, some time already. And then we walked into the stadium and it, it was cramped. It was bizarre. I've never seen anything like that. And then you're so overwhelmed by all the people. And obviously the, the South American 
spirit of, of cheering for their team and and yeah it was it is amazing to see obviously it would it's amazing to be a part of yeah but it turns against you uh, uh, pretty bad if you're not prepared for that yeah yeah oh we made some terrible errors as well it was uh it was uh, yeah a terrible match for us but it's a, an amazing experience to to see how the sport lives inside of people uh so so bad yeah yeah, that experience, I think, for all of us, it's, it's something we're never going to forget. We've, I certainly never played in front of crowds like that before or after that World Cup, and I'll remember those experiences for the rest of my life. And unfortunately for all of us, the experience of that World Cup wasn't just uh, related to the crowds mm-hmm. and the results. And, and we move ahead to, to Game yeah. 2, uh, where the Netherlands faced Hong Kong, and for those of you who are listening and you're not aware of what happened uh, at the 2010 World Cup in Venezuela in that match, uh, unfortunately in the third inning, a stray bullet unfortunately um, hit one of the Hong Kong players mm. uh, between innings. And yeah. at the time, there was a there was a period of time we we actually didn't know that that's a, that's what had happened. Uh, the Australian team, myself, I was in the crowd. We were waiting uh, to go onto the field. There was a rain delay. We actually should have been on the field at, at the time the shooting occurred. And it sort of has never left my mind. I know certainly all the players that were there on the field, it would never have left their mind. It's sort of how it all unfolded and escalated in, in, that, in that initial 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, and then particularly the next 24, 48 right. hours. And Luce, you were there. We, we obviously could see you on the field and in the dugout. Take us through, take us through your moment of, of when that incident yeah. happened and, and everything that unfolded there. Uh, there are so many things going through your mind. Like the first, even before we all understood what happened or what went down, uh, we were actually a bit annoyed because the, the Hong Kong team were like dragging along the game and they were doing so much stuff to make it go longer and then this girl went to lay down on the field and we're like really again Uh, so it's really strange because you don't comprehend this situation and the coach goes over and he just screams go into the dugout and into the dressing room behind it which was obviously also of stone Um, so we just hit and there's so many stuff going through your mind like this this would never happen in the netherlands so you would assume is there somebody targeting uh, us or hong kong or maybe it was against venezuela because they were playing in white after us and we had postponed the game for a bit um is this meant for us is this an accident what is i'm not leaving this dugout until i know i'm safe and that's yeah, crazy. It's it's a crazy situation. Then you go to the bus and to the hotel, and there's all sorts of meetings where uh, Persia and the vet obviously went to uh, to get a heads up. And I was I, I called my my parents. They were watching the play by play, and you don't see what happens because you just see the little animated people on the screen, and it just went game was stopped. They don't know didn't know what was going on. So I called them to make sure that they knew I was okay. And I thought, I'm not, the only reason I'm leaving this hotel is to go to the bus, to the airport and gone. I, d- I don't want to be, this is not worth it for me. Um, and then they came up with the solution to go to, to Manakai, to the other city where it was much less uh, crowded and uh, um, yeah, less violence in general. 
so that was a good solution for us but it was just uh, yeah your mind just goes blank and at the same time there's a hundred thoughts going through it it's a very bizarre situation it's very interesting hearing your detail of the events because we were watching you through the dugout i remember there was some players in your team sort of motioning with your arms at us while we were in the stands because there was a delay in the information coming to us in the crowd mm. we saw her lying down too and we were like we were totally confused and then both teams rang off ran off when, when did you found, find out as a team were you still in the dugout when you found out that yeah. she had been shot yeah because uh, one of our coaches wow. yadi went to the girl because uh, we were saying there's something going on and he's like i'm gonna go watch and he saw the wound and he just came running back and uh signed to everybody to go hide and we were still in the dugout in front of the dugout or because we were just getting off the field we just made our third uh mm. third out and they were just entering the field to to warm up again and so we we're still up and about and around the dugout outside so uh, yeah after that he just came running to us and, uh, and made us hide uh, in the dressing uh, dressing room. You were right in saying before there was a delay, the rain had delayed the game. We, we should have been on the field um, at that well, time. And yeah. we were in the standstill for quite a while after the you and Hong Kong had left the field. So we weren't sure what had happened. And then we were then told, look, just take your shirts and your hats off. And we got told to sit on the concrete behind the seats. Um, while they were trying to, I think, find out what happened. And then, then they took us underneath the stadium uh, with the Venezuelan team. And then our coach uh, gave us the, the news. And we, as you said, we were ushered into a bus and back to the hotel. And I, I never forget the moment we walked back into the dining hall and you were in the team, the Netherlands was in there and Hong Kong was in there. And it was the quietest room I think I've ever walked into. And yeah. it was so, we just felt, felt for everyone. It was just such a horrible moment and, and not knowing what had happened to the player. Um, mm. Thankfully, she was okay and obviously uh, woke up the next day and we didn't know if we were going home. We all thought that's it. We, we thought for a day our, our World Cup was over, but it was, it's almost like it didn't, it's not that it didn't matter that it was over because baseball just took a back seat. Yeah, it was, definitely. yeah. Um, and I remember we, we obviously had to get locked in the hotel and stay in the hotel for 24 hours. What, what was that like for you guys when you, that next day? Well, it was, um, we had a lot of different opinions on how to look at this event within the team. So I, we had quite some good talks about it and it helps you also reflect on that. your first reaction obviously is not always uh, the right one. Um, but you can have mm -hmm. normal chats about it. Everybody was contacting the family and it sort of goes back to okay this is the safe spot and we can we can do and be here uh, so so that was good and obviously when the news came that we would move that that was a big relief for uh, for everyone but there also comes the, the reality in place that because afterwards they told us it, it was uh, the bullet was just falling down it wasn't a named shot mm. and it would be because now it was in her knee but imagine if she would be a, would have been two centimeters to the left, we wouldn't even have known. And if she was two centimeters to the right, it could have gone straight in the head. It, I, we had we had that exact conversation. We we kept saying, how do we know if there were ten other bullets that landed at the same time 
on the field mm-hmm. that we never know about. And, and, and if it had, it had landed here, there, or I, I can't yeah. even comprehend those thoughts. Um, no. And we, no. we went through those discussions. We, we had discussions as a team. We had individual meetings with the coaches. We, we all, we made a decision if one person wanted to go home, the whole team would go home. Um, it kind of really bonded our yeah. team. Um, I think I think it did that for it did that for everyone, Definitely. and I think it was uh, we we all packed our bags and we left. I remember we left it before the sunlight. We all got kind of secret yeah. secretly taken out of the hotel downstairs, and and we we drove those two and a half hours down to Marrakei. And, and the very next game, the very first game, the schedule had been redone. Australia played the Netherlands um, in that in that first yeah. game, and it was sort of fantastic. I think that was the first time. Australia's always had a really nice bond with the Netherlands. I think we've always, we love you guys. You're such a great, fun team. And, and I think we're very similar um, in our personalities and our team. And it was sort of a really, I think that's sort of the the start of our relationship as two countries, if you agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because at the, the Hotel Marika, I remember we were floors uh, below or above each other. So it was very easy to, uh, when we had the resting time to uh, to do stuff together and uh, have chats and get to know each other a bit. And uh, yeah, we were definitely hoping that you would win the whole thing. Yeah. We'd love you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so were we, we, oh, we, we, look, we did, we gave it our absolute best shot. Uh, unfortunately you, you were leading against Hong Kong and, and unfortunately you didn't get a chance to, um, to win a game there. We, we move ahead to the 2012 world cup and I know it was another tough world cup from you, but I, I want to pull out, I want to fast forward to the end of the World Cup because it's one of my favourite baseball memories. Um, we, as an Australian team, were all standing on the sidelines and it was when the Netherlands took their first ever World Cup win against Cuba, yeah. which um, you finished seventh overall and it was a late comeback and then you held them off in the seventh. And I remember that game as much as I remember the games I played in and it was just awesome and we were cheering you. How, how was that for you and for a team, that moment? Oh, we, we we celebrated like we were uh, we we became first in the cup. It was it was amazing because yep. I think here in the Netherlands we have a um, Cuba is just a fantastic baseball country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the men's are very very good as well, and they come here uh, every year, every second year to to compete in some tournaments, and they're just so they live baseball, and it was such a fantastic win. I, I remember because I, I was in the uh, I was in the bullpen. It's actually, you know, if something was about to go wrong, I was warming up over there, or I was warm because uh, the last last out just had to be made. And I think everybody just ran onto the field and we we jumped and celebrated. And I think there even was champagne. I don't even remember. It was such a crazy experience to 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 yeah the first win over Cuba. It's such a yeah, such a crazy experience. My my coaches were so happy, and uh, the whole team. We we couldn't stop celebrating. No. No, it was it was fantastic, and um, it was just so awesome to see a new team uh, get get its first win. It's 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 a great it's a great thing for you as a nation, as players, but I think it's a great thing for women's baseball um, to see to see someone new and, and start, you're only as strong as, I guess, your newest and, and, and your weakest or th- things like that. And it's so good to see you guys get a win. I, I just wanted to share my feelings on, I, I just love that moment. It's one of my favorite World Cup moments. You actually came out to Australia back in, yeah. in I think it was 20, yeah, 2015. What, what brought you out here? Apart from the great weather and the great people. <laughs> 
No, actually, it wasn't in my plan at all. I um, I planned to uh, stay in Japan after the World Cup and and travel throughout uh, Asia, actually, for about a year. Uh, take a year off baseball and and just travel around. And uh, um, after Japan, I went to Bali because it was the only place there was good good weather at that moment. Um, <laughs> well, as you probably know, there there's a lot of Australians in Bali, and so uh, <laughs> I met yeah, I met uh, I met Luke at that time, and he uh, he brought brought me back to Australia, and uh, I actually uh, went to Australia for love. Yeah. You spent some time in regional Victoria playing, uh, I think, in Bendigo, and you were living in Echuca. Um, Australia's got we're, – we're very blessed. It's We have great baseball leagues in not just the main cities but in, in, in regional towns. What was playing baseball in country Victoria and Australia like? I was actually uh, – I was quite surprised because in, in Bendigo there were four clubs and all the four clubs had three teams and there were the three leagues and um i went i just went i just picked a random one out of the four and gave him a call and asked if i could uh, join a practice and uh, yeah they were right with that so i said i was a pitcher and then the, the coach he said well um you should just uh warm up and then uh, you can pitch on on me i'll sit for you and then uh, we see which team uh, matches uh, your capabilities um so i I warmed up and uh, he sat down for me and I threw three balls. I'm like, okay, I know. Yeah, you can just go to the ace and uh, <laughs> we can, uh, we still, we're very happy that you're here. And obviously he was a pitcher himself, but he had some uh, some some problems with his arm. So they were very happy for me to join. Um, and it was so much fun because the people are so nice. It's uh, hmm. uh, people are really friendly. They, they involve you in the team straight away. And uh, yeah, I have lovely memories with the whole team that I played with there. Did you tell them before you stepped on the mound? Did you go, was it incognito? Or did you actually say, hey, I actually have played three World Cups for my country? Or did you, did you no, not tell them no, that? I <laughs> no, I usually don't spread that around. I, uh, um, you know, what the, the issue that I have with that is that, you know, when you say I play for a, a national team, um, when I hear somebody say that, you go to the level of MLB or you go to the level of, in your in your head and that's not what it is for me uh, so it, it's it's still a hobby i don't get paid where it, it, it's it's uh it's such a difference for me in, in the what you imagine with the national team and, and what it is at the moment and that's yeah mm. we're not a big sport so i try to avoid that and I'll, I'll tell people later once they see uh what they got and 12 months after your stint down under, you headed off to your fourth World Cup, the 2016 World Cup that was held in Korea. And it really was a breakout World Cup for the Netherlands team, which picked up three wins. So I just wanted to talk to you about what was the difference, I guess, from 2014 to 2016, not just from the team's perspective, but, but how you saw it personally with all that World Cup experience uh, under your belt. What was, what was that feeling coming out of that World Cup? Uh, personally, uh, my my own 2014 World Cup, just looking at my pitching results uh, or well, pitching uh, performance, 2014 was better than what I did 2016. But 2016, I had a so much better team behind me uh, and that mm. gave me so much confidence in the future to go forward. There were a lot of new young girls that I haven't seen before 
And obviously being in Australia, I didn't really meet them uh, up front. Yeah, just for a few weeks uh, when I went back to Holland, but not, not for a long time. So I was, I was so pleasantly surprised with all the new girls that we had and with their skills and what they brought to the team that even though my pitching wasn't the same as in Japan, we still got the win. And that was, yeah, so much, so much uh, up to them. That's fantastic. And um, it's hard because I think you were sort of finding the footing for the Netherlands in 2016 at the same time that women's baseball was continually, I think, getting better all around um, the world. And, and I know you, there was, it was a tough 2018 again, but we saw 2018, we saw teams like Chinese Taipei, um, obviously Venezuela's coming through, Cuba. It, it, I think women's baseball, is, it's getting stronger. So it's almost like the rest of the world's seen you guys as well and everyone's getting better. Is that is that how you see see that as well after that 2018 World Cup? Yeah, definitely. Definitely everybody's getting better and better. And, you know, you'd hope that. That's, that's what you would like to see. So that's a good thing. Mm. Uh, but it also means that if you are not getting that much better as the rest, you're falling behind. So it's, uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't a good cup for us. But you still see what qualities every individual had. It just didn't come together. Um, and yeah. that it just didn't fit in at the right at the right moment at the right time, and that's what made it uh, not not so, such a good tournament for us. But it was still positive looking forward with the with the people and the skills that we had in the team. I think a great thing, uh, and I want I don't want you to tell me about the the first ever European Women's Baseball Championships. 2019, uh, they, they, the first ever Women's European Championships was held with Netherlands and so exciting that we saw teams from France and the Czech Republic. Um, so three teams, a European Baseball Championships. How awesome is that? Yeah, that was amazing. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was so good. To, it's so good to see that Europe is getting more uh, women uh, playing baseball. And I think, uh, obviously, with, with COVID, that didn't go on. But I think the, the, the European Cup that was planned actually had five teams already in it. So it's just growing and growing. Um, and that's really, really good to see. I have to say, uh, I was quite bitter over the final of, <laughs> of the European uh, Cup that we didn't win. Um, I think we did have it in our power to do so, but it just it didn't happen. Um, but it's good to see that indeed France is getting a team up, uh, Czech Republic is getting a team up. I think England is working very hard, and I did mm. hear that Germany and Italy are also trying to uh, to set up uh, women's baseball. Not quite sure on the status of that, um, but it's growing, and that's so good to see. The more players that play, the more you get a bar set on a higher level, and you have to perform, and you have to get better at what you do, and that's that will just help grow the sport everywhere. And you touched on that 2020, 2021 World Cup. When it's held, it obviously will be held soon. And it's exciting because France has qualified. So but two teams from Europe now, which is, which is really exciting. What's, what's, the, what's your goal? What's the Nether Netherlands goal? I guess firstly, my, actually, I, I want to ask you the first question. Are you, are you planning on playing a sixth World Cup? And if you are, what, what's your goals and hopes for the Netherlands? Well, I, I did. I did indeed want to go to Mexico uh, um, last time it was planned, <laughs> but it's been postponed for so often, and I don't even know when it's going to be. So it's hard to to say what uh, what my part in that will be. I hope 
I can still be a part of uh, of the crew uh, going to Mexico. Uh, my personal goal for myself is to have my best tournament as a pitcher ever. Obviously, that's all, all tournaments, that's my goal. Um, but I do hope that indeed we still have the feeling of a team that can perform together and, and we don't have to win eight games and then I'm not setting a bar like that, but if we play our best game together, that is I think the most important. And obviously I want to beat France, that's, yeah. We need to get back to that and uh, I, I don't want to <laughs> let that happen again. Um, but yeah, I see some, some chances, you know, uh, we haven't played Mexico yet. I have no idea about mm. how they perform or what their team is like. Um, well, we've proven that Hong Kong and ourselves are, are quite, you know, uh, competitive. So there's a chance for us there as well. Uh, we just need, we need to show it. We need to be the, the performing team at that moment. We need to time and get everybody uh, at their best game at the right moment. And, and you're coming out of a summer now, about to head into a, a winter. Um, what's, what, what has the national women's team squad players and program, what have you been doing in summer and what, what can you do over, over winter? I, I imagine Netherlands is quite, quite cold being in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, what have you been able to do over the last six months and what would you as a squad do in the next six months? Well, the usual uh, that we do during competition is that everybody obviously plays in a, in a baseball team and they have their own uh, trainings with their team and their own uh, competition that matches. Uh, next to that, we have a, every week we have a training with the national team. Um, obviously, the Netherlands is quite small, so we have the luxury of, of getting together uh, every week. And uh, on top of that, normally we play uh, practice matches against the men men's teams uh, throughout the country to prepare for a cup uh, that that wasn't really necessary as we don't know when it's going to be held um, yep. we did have some tryouts and i think uh, last week or the week before so there's uh, some very talented young girls that sh showed up to the tryouts and we definitely gonna involve them in practice so when they're old enough they can join the team uh, so that's really awesome to see that there's a young girls that don't want to change to softball and they just uh, stay stay with the baseball and uh, they will be able to help us out or to play uh, when they're older. So that's good. Um, over the winter, yeah, we don't have the luxury to have Australian winters. Uh, so we go inside, we go inside uh, gymnastic halls and we do a lot of uh, tactics and, and small uh, changes in the swing and small changes in the, in, in the throwing as a pitcher. and. Um, yeah, it's all inside. Yeah. So you're on the eve of potentially a sixth World Cup. You've played five World Cups, the most for the Netherlands, and and I guess the list that would have played five World Cups around the world. It's it's not that lo it's not that long. You're in, you're in pretty elite company. What's the proudest moment for your career, or generally for your career? What what if you look back at it now? What what makes you smile? Oh wow. Yeah, uh, so many, so many things makes me smile. Make me smile. It's it's the the wins, obviously, that that make you very happy. But also, the growing in the team that you see and the uh, the team really being a team and and bonding and you know it's it's quite bizarre to be three four weeks with twenty girls in in a very small space actually, and people just feel everything that's going on but it makes you a team as well you know i just have mm. to get out 
out of bed, walk out of my hotel room, maybe set my foot in a different direction than I normally do. And one of the players like, you didn't sleep well. I can see. So it's, it's <laughs> bizarre how you get linked up to each other and you feel everything that's going on with all the players. And it, that, that feeling uh, is such an amazing feeling of being part of a whole. Uh, yeah, that makes, me, that makes me really happy. Can you tell me a favorite moment of your career? If there was one, if I had to push you on one moment? Well, it, it, it would be my favorite and my absolute worst uh, in, in the same moment. My favorite, I think it was uh, in Japan, playing Hong Kong. Um, and I, I threw such an amazing game. I was like, I was on fire. Nothing could throw me off. And then uh, the team just had to bat a few hits. That, that was the only thing that they, that was missing because the Hong Kong uh, pitcher was playing an awesome game as well. So it was, it was. Uh, there was this 2014, 2014 World Cup. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, yeah. And it was, uh, it was, um, yeah, our pitchers battle and, and, and I was so proud of what was going on and it felt really good because it wasn't only me, uh, I didn't throw uh, three strikes out, strikeouts every inning, it was my team solving uh, the, the balls that were hit as well. So it was uh, an amazing feeling in the field, it just didn't happen yet at bat. And it was such a, an amazing game to experience and then in the last moment it, it went wrong for us. Um, yeah. And I got taken off, I think, in the sixth inning. And it just, uh, it, yeah, the, the Hong Kong scored a couple of runs and uh, that, that's when, when, we, uh, when we lost. And it was such an amazing feeling the whole game. It was such a terrible feeling at the end of the game. And it's, it just really uh, shows the roller coaster of things that you go through in such a tournament, because it was just one of the games. And you have mm. such a high uh, positive feeling and such a high negative feeling. It's, it was a bizarre game, but it was also really we were a team. Yeah, there was, yeah. Uh, I think, my best, best uh, memory of the uh, last, let's say, a decade. <laughs> well, you win as a team and, and you lose as a team. And it's, I think that's one of the, gra the, the great things and one of the tough things about baseball is that you can be on the highest of high and then the lowest of low. And that could be the same game, could be the same inning, could be the same yeah. at bat. It can, yeah. It's it's an amazing sport. We talked before about um, Ivette Van Putten, who's obviously so such an amazing woman who's um, with, set up the Women's Baseball League in the Netherlands. How important a role was that for you? How how much in, um, has she had an influence in your career? Oh, that was uh, yeah. She 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 did so much uh, as a manager. Um, she didn't take part in much of the actual baseball stuff. Obviously, there there was coaches and trainers to do that. So she, uh, behind the scenes, she she performed so well, and she was in contact with all the different countries and all the, the you know the different associations that could mean anything to us. So she set up she set up, yeah, a very good network for us to to perform internationally or to be part of the the World Cups and to be part of the international community of baseball. Um, and that's amazing. Yeah, I think she did really well in that. I can't, I can't thank her enough for that. Oh, well, we, we as, a, as international teams can't thank her enough. It's been great to have you guys uh, the, have the team at the World Cup for so long. And 
I guess my next question is what what do you do as players, as um, the league, as coaches? How, how do you ensure that the Netherlands not just gets better, but also just secures the players? I mean, what do you guys need to do to get more girls to play and how, how do you think you can do it? Oh, that's such a difficult question. I think a lot of people have this uh, on their mind. I know that uh, Yvette has tried to put an emphasis on the youth uh, quite a lot. She has um, uh, taken a step back at the moment of, of doing a lot for the, for the women's baseball. But my coach is still actively pursuing that and, and cheering up girls that, that want to stay with the boys. And, you know, there's no possibility for them to, to have a, uh, um, a team of ladies or girls just playing baseball. So they have to stay with the boys and, and, and uh, grow. So we actually cheer, cheer on people that do that, cheer, cheer on those girls. And we need to talk to our own society in the country to um, help us setting that up. But it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult choice. I, I do understand for them as well, because you know, as as I said, the sport is not growing. And if you, our softball team is doing pretty good. And if you take talented uh, potential softball players away from their league and put them in the baseball where we are not. Uh, performing as good as the uh, softball team is internationally. Um, yeah, how good of an investment is that if you look at the overall sport in the in the country? Because it's the same it's the same um, association that goes for baseball and softball. Um, so they have to make a, a choice on what to cheer on, and it, I understand for them it's a bit difficult to uh, to do that as well. So it comes down to the clubs actually facilitating the possibility for girls, if they want to choose to play baseball, to do that. And that's that's also my opinion. It's not about girls having to play baseball, but the possibility is there, and nobody's telling them mm. oh you, you can't play with the guys. That that's the first step, and I think a lot of clubs are really good in uh, in facilitating that at this moment, especially compared to ten or twenty years ago. Yeah, and you really hit that nail on the head there when you talk about they just they just need the opportunity. Um, to to play, girls need to know that baseball is an option. It's not, it's not softball, and it and it is baseball. And there's plenty of girls and and women that love playing men's. I do too, and we also love playing women's. You've talked about what you feel when you're playing with 20 other girls and at World Cups. It's the same feeling at, at a club when you're playing with all with all girls, and there's a different feeling when you're playing with with men. It's, yeah. I guess, when you love the sport. It's it's you'll play it. Just lastly, you're you're a president, or you said you're um, the, leading your club. Is that something you you're really keen on continuing that work there in the club level? Well, yeah, I, I just started that actually uh, a few months ago, and you see a whole other side of of baseball because all the things that need to be organised <laughs> and all the things that go on behind the screen, and it's a very interesting uh, uh, position to to be in. Luckily, I have a lot of people in my team that do great work, so I don't, uh, um, I can rely on them very well. Uh, so that's important to me. And uh, yeah, we need to be able to, you know, keep the clubs alive that are here at the moment. Uh, as I said, the, the club that I started that is not there anymore. And we need to prevent that happening to, to other clubs as well. So that's why I think it's important for people that have a love for the, for the sport to also do something behind the screens and, and keep the sport alive uh, in the community and try to um, involve a lot of youth. That's what we are focusing on at this moment. Um, you know, the, the, the 
elderly players, uh, uh, maybe myself uh, in 10 years as well, yeah, they, they love the game and they will try to play it until they can't walk anymore. But if you don't have youth, you have the game, it's going to die out and you don't, you don't want that. So uh, mm. we, are, we are focusing on, uh, on children and uh, going to schools and uh, putting up sports events for them to, to get to know the sport and uh, make it available for them. And that is so great to hear that you are doing great work behind or off the diamonds because we need more people um, like yourself, uh, great players in the game uh, who have done such great things for the team on the field and you're still doing that and you're you're now doing it off the field to make sure that the Netherlands has its next generation and and that's so awesome to hear. So thank you for... Uh, committing back to women's baseball. I want to see those all these young players that you're talking about in the Netherlands. I want to see them um, in the future dominating and, and hopefully I'd love to see the Netherlands con- contesting for a medal. Oh, wow. That, that would be amazing. I haven't even thought about that. You're going way ahead uh, <laughs> of our team. <laughs> Oh, I think it would be well if if France and Germany and Italy and, and if if European baseball um, women's baseball was to get stronger, I think you'd only get stronger. I think um, in a, in a generation from now, European baseball could be where it's at. It uh, it really could. Uh, who knows? Yeah, fingers crossed. I hope so. I really hope so. Well, uh, thank you. I just want to say thank you so much for for joining me on Women's Baseball: The Inside Pitch, the official first. Dutch player to be on the podcast so and I th- it's you are Dutch baseball royalty so thank you very much I hope to see you playing for another five world cups and look forward to seeing the Netherlands grow and get even better thank you very much for having me and uh, it's amazing to have a, a good baseball chat with you over here. thanks for tuning in for today's episode of women's baseball the inside pitch make sure to check the show notes below for links to some of the things we've discussed and mentioned in this episode We would also love it if you could subscribe to the show and leave us a review. And if you have some time, throw us some love over on social media at Women's Baseball, The Inside Pitch. Catch you next time.